Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, I'm your host DJ Walsh, as always, joined by my co-host Owen Tab, and uh, we've got a cracking, a cracking podcast lined up for you this week. Uh, Owen, how are you getting on? I'm good, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a good old day. Rearranged at my uh, wedding, and uh, <laughs> and uh, now, <laughs> and I also got uh, got the missus to cut my hair as well. Um, it feels like I'm back in. Uh, April there, fucking last year. So yeah, no, uh, pretty good day, <laughs> productive. <laughs> That's the, uh, it's more it's more productive than my day. I'd say, to be quite honest with you, if you can manage to rearrange a wedding and got your hair cut by your missus, uh, yeah. far more productive than my day. Um, absolutely. And uh, we're we're here for Friday evening, and we've got a great guest lined up this week. Um, we've got someone we've got someone on the podcast who I'm absolutely delighted to have on because I'm a. Uh, I'm really eagerly anticipating the arrival of two sweatshirts next week from uh, a fantastic new website, uh, a new a new shop uh, that's been set up recently. Uh, that that is uh, is a shop that absolutely epitomizes everything that we love about uh, Ireland's local brewing, local produce, sustainability, everything that you could talk about that we support. Uh, and there's if there's one thing I love on. It's a good T-shirt or a good sweatshirt with a nice decent logo on it that that just tells someone to fuck off that this is what I'm about. So we're we're delighted to be joined this week by Shane from uh, Craft Beer Tees. Shane, how are you getting on? Not sure, any mighty lads. Sorry, both. Good, 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 kid. Um, great to have you on. Fucking lad. delighted to be here. <laughs> I, we, we just have to point out that Shane is in a, a man-made. Uh, man shed out the back and it looks absolutely quality like well, actually over the past uh over the past year really um we've gotten a few um photos and stuff like sent to us on email or social media or whatever um from people who've built their like man sheds and bars out the back and like they all look absolutely phenomenal people like installing lines and everything out the back like it's it's class the stuff that people have done but um yeah i'd 
I, I, I need to go see these. Like, also, shout out to all the she beans around the country. <laughs> the, the, uh, it looks like the guards have been missing out. Like, <laughs> oh, they've got their own she beans. Yeah. I can honestly say, on oh, it's the best one, the best thing, one well, of the best I movies was, was ever was made. Was was put was putting together a, a proper man cave um, yeah. with a bit of space for from the world. I have two young kids, and uh, and we have a hectic um, work life. My 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 dear wife and I, <clears throat> and just to have a spot where I can go out and uh, <laughs> go on, careful now, careful now, <laughs> <laughs> um, and just yeah. Yeah, it's good buzz. I highly recommend it for 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 everybody, men and women of all of all uh, kinds. Uh, yeah, she sh- she sheds, is it? That's it. <laughs> she she sheds. I, I had um. There's a. Sorry, go on. Son, go on, DJ. No, I was going to say that I I've listened to a podcast lately. That it's a rewatch of the U.S. Office, and it's um Angela Kinsey and uh, Jenna Fisher who played Angela and Pam in the Office, and. Uh, and Angela records the podcast now in um, in her shed out the back, and they call it the her. That's what she shed, <laughs> which uh, which I think is a brilliant name. That's quality. Very good. Um, I never mentioned to you earlier, but uh, I've so, we solar panels on the house, and uh, I've actually got a feed off it that I use to power the shed here. Oh, class! Indeed, and then obviously I'm tapped into the mains for this time of the, this time of the evening. That's unreal. Jesus, you're self-sufficient. Absolutely. Do you have a, do you have a v- vegetable patch out the back or anything? Well, actually, there's there's one for you. So um, when the world fell apart there in March, um, a dear friend of mine, he'd been doing a bit of bar work. Um, he, he was actually in, in 57, 57 The Headline, one of, one of the finest bars in the country. Mm. Um, he, uh, he was doing a bit of bar work there. Anyway, long story short, after a few months of sitting at home <clears throat> doing absolutely nothing, he was chatting to me one day and... Uh, where we've moved to, I'm out in kind of Dublin West. I'm 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 kind of quite close to the Facebook data center, um, on the border with Clonie. But anyway, long story short, we've a bit of a garden, and it was getting a bit wild. So he said to me, "Oh, I'd love." He 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 actually trained as a horticulturalist, and uh, so he said to me, "I'd love to I'd love to come out and just do a bit of work just for the sake of doing work." You know, so I said, "Jesus, come on out." So he came out. Long story short, I've. Uh, <laughs> I have a caravan that I acquired uh, from a gentleman um, who I did some work for last year. Uh, I, I to just to, to preface that I come from the festival events industry, and uh, so I, we did some work for a gentleman. He couldn't pay, and he gave us a caravan. Wow, oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> So my dear friend Alan has now moved into the caravan full time. He moved out of his other house. He's now living with us here, uh, and he he built a polytunnel about three months ago. He's he's uh, put together a strawberry patch, um, full on veg patch, and the idea is in time we should be able to grow grow our own stuff here. That's that's the aim. That's unreal. Yeah, there's definitely been a big move for that, isn't there? Like, I'm planning on doing just a few boxes and stuff out the back there as well, like just to. Do like uh, uh there's there's a story of, like well a few years ago I was living in this like small little uh not even a few years ago a uh, year and a half ago I was living in this um small uh uh what's it called terrace house um, in Waterford yeah little, little little townhouse in Waterford and uh, out the back I had like literally like a strip I'd say it was a foot by six or seven feet 
long oh just along the back back iron and oh my god the courgettes i grew in it like these were absolute <laughs> whoppers like, they were insane like i was like I've, i i don't think i'd eaten a courgette before like but i, I think i'd like i was like oh what's what's handy to grow like you know bought a few seeds didn't take care of them at all just fucked them in the ground and these things are <laughs> oh, like they could have won prizes i'd say i've never seen things as big in my life they're so good <laughs> I wouldn't be green-fingered green at all. In the history of, of gardening. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be green-fingered at all, but there's uh, um, there's tremendous satisfaction out of growing something yourself and eating it. It really, it's a strange feeling. Yeah, no, there definitely is. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, so my, my friend Alan here, he he picked a lot of, so there's a lot of elderberries around here, and he picked a lot of, a lot of elderberries, made it into an elderberry syrup, mixed it with some brandy. Um, I had a taste of it, of it last night. I swear to goodness, it's it's velvet, absolute velvet. Um, and just the fact that it was kind of made here on our own land as well, there's just <clears throat> lots, lots beautiful, of beautiful. Well, speaking of homemade things, um, what beer are we all drinking tonight? <laughs> DJ, I'll go to you first. What do you want? <laughs> so I think I th- actually I'm going I'm going to say that um, before we came on on to record, I actually had quite a late dinner this evening. So uh, I'm going to tell you what I was on during my dinner because I think actually Owen, you might be drinking what I'm drinking as well if I if I saw correctly there on the video. Yeah. So um, before before we came on with the dinner, I had um, a Ballycavan bin ball bin bone pale ale, four point six percent, a lovely pale ale, slightly different than like you know we we've seen a massive trend in kind of fruity hazy tropical pale ales over the last kind of twelve months to twenty to twenty four months. Uh, this is more like a, a malty, bittery with a bit of citrus in it. Um, much, much, much more. Um, I would say it's it's much more um, traditional than than uh, of of a pale ale than uh, you know those those massive fruity ones. Uh, a fucking lovely, lovely one to drink. Like such a clean finish. Just one of those pale ales that always makes you like when you get to the bottom of the glass, you just want to top it back up again. You know, a really, really nice beer. Um, from from our friends at Ballycavan and and I made it a point, right? We we went to Ardkeen stores the other day, and uh, I put up the picture on Twitter on the Snowcast Twitter of the fridge in Ardkeen stores, and I was like near an offer. And in fairness, Julie corrected me to say that Ardkeen stores lower the prices of their individual cans because of, of the new legislation we discussed last week. But um, the, like I have to say, I said it to you on. The Ballycavan and Wicklow Wolf uh, branding on the cans stands out a mile when you look at it. When you look when you look at a big packed fridge of, of lovely independent craft beer like that, and uh, given given the fact that uh, I ordered a, a Ballycavan sweatshirt off the the craft craft beer tees, I said, "Fuck it, I'm going to represent my wife's home county, uh, and I'm going to represent craft beer tees and drink a Ballycavan beer tonight." So, bin ball pale ale, top top notch. And uh, I think I think uh, what you're drinking one is 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 what I'm actually drinking right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, same same story, same fridge. Uh, I got attracted to that Ballycavan <laughs> Brandon. Like it was so good. Like it, uh, even like opening the fridge here at home, I bought five cans there, and like the fridge looks so colourful and like all this like graphic art. Like it's unbelievable. And um, so I got I was on. The Long Meadow IPA, which is a 5.5 percenter, and um, it says so. It says on the side of the tin like it's a traditional style IPA, right? 
um, and it's named after a 300-year-old field on their farm. But uh, that pale ale, I thought, I don't know about you, DJ, but I thought, like, I was like, this is actually more kind of golden ale I thought it was kind of like, it brought me back to be, be kind of like in Amsterdam and drinking like Duvel or one of those lads. Like, I thought it was like kind of like that kind of... Uh, of a of a taste of it. It was it was it was really nice. It was so light and but like oh I just I was actually I was like fuck just bring me down now. <laughs> light up and let's go. It's, um, <laughs> I think I th- I think you're right like I because I'm drinking the Land Meadow now like and, and there is like that barley esque kind of lovely almost like um you, you can you can almost like taste the soil kind of stuff out of it you know it's it, it it's 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 that lovely kind of just homely family kind of um it's it's a really family kind of beer isn't it like you know it's yeah it's very traditional uh, a lovely beer to drink yeah i know I, I, I really like to know and it's just i don't know it was just um i think we've we've kind of spoken before on the podcast before about like those bridging beers and stuff like that and i definitely think that that's a bridger like if you're if you're used to your macro breweries and macro beers that like if you're on your Carlsberg or Heineken or whatever, that like that's definitely one that'll br- bridge you like to that. I suppose, as you were saying, that kind of like the more fruity IPAs and stuff like that, like this is like the stepping stone to it. Like, and yeah, Savage, really good. Really, really good. Um, Shane, what about you, man? What are you, what are you tipping into? Well, I've uh, <clears throat> started out with a in copy tots uh, from Two Sides Brewery. Oh, um, my uh, my dear brother Irwin's uh, collaborative brewing uh, brewing collaboration with himself and, and Fifty Seven the Headline, um, brewed by Third Barrel. It's uh, yeah, I love it. It's a, it's a session, very session. It's it's pretty, it's, it's relatively new to them. Um, very sessionable pale ale. Um, it's it's dry hopped with citra hops. Um, yeah, so she's she's nice and fresh, uh, and yeah, it's kind of kind of very easy to taste the kind of sweet citrus fruits i i like it. it's only 4.3 percent i like it always as a starting out um i like something light i i typically would drink heavier i like a bit of porter yeah yeah <laughs> but um but you can't start a porter well depends on the day I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, steady on steady on <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah for today um so yeah i uh i i owe i owe erwin i owe my brother erwin um a debt of thanks for <clears throat> I, I don't think it would have been possible for me to, to get up and running with craft beer teas had it not been for for his kind of advice um he's my little brother um i was in the i was in the industry a, a good long while before he was um but i left to pursue other things and uh yeah over the last few years craft beer has been just booming in ireland and he, it's something he is extremely passionate about always has been since we were kids uh uh, t- uh yeah, so so anyway, long story short, um, the, uh, the the tagline on the back of his can, "Drink fresh, shop local," is 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 really that's uh, what I feel like I want to be about with craft beer teas. Yeah, that's what it is about. That's what the whole buzz is about: shop local um, and drink fresh beer um, that benefits your community and your. Yeah, so so that's <laughs> that's my starter. Good stuff. Uh, I'm well, as well. Maybe maybe let's expand on that a little a little bit more there. How how do you how do you start up like how do you how do you get into the craft beer teas like how do you how do you make it as a business? Um. Well. Well. It, it's been on my mind to do something like this for the last couple of years. 
but um, I'm very into sustainability as well. And I'd kind of been waiting for a, a technology to develop um, called direct garment printing. Um, but I'll take it back a step first and just go back to, so when I left college, so when I was in college, I was in UCD. Long oh, how far are we going back now? <laughs> 20 years, 20 odd years. Jesus Christ, 20, 20 years this year. Jeez. Uh, I start, started in UCD and I, and I started working in O'Brien's, uh, the off-license in Salorgan. Um, and I found very quickly that I had a had a kind of head for it. Um, I liked the sales end of it. I liked the, like the kind of retail sales end of it. Um, I just like the off-license buzz, I suppose. So I did that for a couple of years during college. I then went off and I did a did a an entrepreneurship degree in Wales. Um, and when I came back to, to Dublin, uh, a new off-license had opened in Slorgan. And uh, so I went there and I, I became the, the manager there. Um, so anyway, long story, I say the phrase a lot, long story short, but long story short, he lasted about two and a half years. He was a lunatic of a man. An absolute legend, man, but a lunatic. Um, and after a couple of years, he he uh, he wanted to exit quietly. He was a stockbroker. He'd made a mess of this. So I was in a very <laughs> fortunate position, myself and two other lads, and we picked up an off-license in the in the dying days of the Celtic Tiger in about 2006 um, for, for I, I don't really come from money. I took out a small loan. And, and anyway, long story short, I ended up with an off-license at the age of 24. Um, and at the time, there was there was a Tesco in Salorgan already, and the O'Brien's that I'd worked in. So competition was stiff. Um, I was a bit off the beaten track as well, so I, I needed to do something different. So we kind of specialised in in boutique restaurant wines that, that the supermarkets weren't selling. And then at the time, craft beer was just starting to emerge. And when I say craft beer, I mean O'Hara's was the only Irish craft beer. Yeah. Now craft beer then was Brooklyn, you know, Sammy Adams, Sierra Nevada. That stuff was... Uh, Stuff that we see now is kind of somewhere between macro and craft, maybe. Yeah. Some people still have very much classed them as craft, but, but things have changed. Anyway, I realized at that time that this was the path. It was about quality over quantity. Um, I had lads coming in and, you know, in the early days, they'd come in and they just were buying six Dutch gold off me or six Bavaria. And over time, you'd persuade them to get a Sierra Nevada or, you know, or a, you know, whatever, bottle of Duvel you mentioned there. Yeah, bottle of quack, something, something mad, and and it and the tide started to change, and over time, you know, people started to. It became a destination off license. People started to come to us for that, that range of craft beer. We had the second range, largest range in the country at the time, but only behind uh, Redmond's and Randa, another savage off license. Um, anyway, things were good. We were t- things were great until two thousand eight came around and the world fell apart, and um, and at that point it was it was cheaper for us to buy. The likes of Heineken off Tesco next door to, to us than it was to buy it off Gilby's. So and and of course as well the the craft beer market was only really emerging and the lads who were kind of just starting to push into quality went back to to, to you know the cheaper cans and mm-hmm. so so we packed it in and uh, and I left I left the industry somewhat with my tail between my legs very disappointed. So um, I went off. I'd done. I've had a few other businesses and other bits and pieces of things that I've done and done, I've done and still do. But my wife at the time was doing large-scale public event management, um, and her business was kind of starting to take off. It was really growing, so I kind of got stuck in with her for the last few years. That's kind of what I've been doing uh, for the last few years. But always, of course, with an eye on what was going on in my beloved craft beer industry. And of course, things have changed massively in the last five years. You know, since kind of 2014 or so. 
it's just it's just it's been a roller coaster of new breweries emerging um there seems to be there's enough market there and um, the market share is big enough that these breweries can survive just about someone but they can survive mm. um and yeah i think it's i think it's a path to a better world like not just the the environmentally stuff but just in terms of quality of life and how you know wh- what our experience of, of life is and, and um just everything you know community and, and yeah uh, it is yeah it's just that's that's the word i was just about to say it is community isn't it like you know it's it's even say the body Kilcavan stuff we're talking about there where it's you know it's their own farm and even like the stuff that they've contributed now f- to water for her distillery for for the grain for their whiskey you know like that you know it's this sharing community you see it with like the collaborations of beers and breweries and stuff like that like where they're coming together and you know different ideas sharing ideas sharing grain sharing hops sharing whatever like it's it is it is class it's it is its own community like yeah it's a beautiful thing and i wonder if it's just maybe partly because we're in the early days of this industry and you know I, i i use a phrase a lot uh a rising tide lifts all boats and so, you know, we're in a position at the minute where craft brewers helping out each other only benefits everybody, you know, so so we're kind of all in it together. And I hope that that I hope that that maintains into the longer term. Yeah. Um, and in fact, actually, to be honest with you, my website wouldn't be possible without that kind of collaborative feeling that's that's kind of that we have in the craft beer industry where people are working together. I mean, there's very few other industries where I could put competitors effectively on the same site you know and the reason that the, the breweries who are involved there at the minute are are happy to sign up to it is that they realize it's not about it's not about just them it's about the bigger picture it's about the industry it's about promoting quality over quantity you know pr- promoting drinking quality over quantity and a new relationship with alcohol that's not just about going out and getting locked but going out and enjoying what you're drinking enjoying the company you're with you know that that kind of so uh so yeah, so I kind of been keeping an eye, an eye on things, um, and and then so another passion of mine is kind of technology. Um, and I mentioned a few minutes ago about a thing called direct to garment printing. So yeah. direct to garment printing is is a game changer of game changers um, when it comes to printed clothes. So in a, in a nutshell, what it is is uh, you know your desktop printer, um, the way the way it kind of it sprays print directly onto onto paper. Well, yeah. with direct to garment printing, it effectively it's a desktop printer with reconfigured heads so that it sprays the ink directly onto the clothes, onto the item. So what that means is uh, there's no waste for starters. So relative to screen printing, which would, which would be the most popular um, printing style, uh, there's no waste at all. And same with dye sublimation. Um, the costs are also quite a bit lower um, and the, the kind of energy intensity, the energy that's used um, in producing t-shirts is way, way lower. Uh, critically as well, so with something like screen printing, and this isn't a dig at screen printing, by the way, um, there are many screen printers out there in Ireland who are trying to make their um, their, their printing techniques more and more environmentally friendly all the time, and it, and it is getting better. But but ultimately, you need to print a screen to do screen printing, which means printing a one-off T-shirt isn't that economical. You need to print ten or twenty or thirty. Okay, you know, okay, yeah. Good value. Whereas with direct garment, because you're printing directly onto the item, it, there's no volume, there's no scaling. You know, it's just no the ink that you're using scaling. per it's just yes, the ink indeed. that you're using yeah 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 exactly so that means really you can print items one at a time and as i say there's no um you know you don't lose any cost efficiencies so um so and and it, and it also means i don't need to with, with direct direct print printing you don't need to pre-print anything 
items are printed one at a time for the customer. So the customer makes the purchase, you print the item and you send it to them. It basically means you've got no waste. Um, the way I've set this business up is that I have no waste. I, I, I don't keep stock in advance. So the reason DJs, and I apologize sincerely DJ, uh, <laughs> the reason the DJs jumpers are taken um, a little bit longer than, than they would in the normal method, I suppose, um, is that my, my process is when somebody orders, I accumulate all my orders once a week. I place the order with the manufacturer in Belgium. They're a Belgian outfit called Stanley Stella, um, who are who are a world leader. If I, uh, they're a world leader in 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 kind of sustainable clothing. Um, all of their everything they make is 100% organic cotton and uh, made from recycled materials and stuff. So anyway, long story short, I play I place the order with the manufacturer. They send it to me. Um, I have found only in the last month the first uh, guy in Ireland with a direct garment printer. Um, they're a very, very expensive machines. This technology really has only emerged in the last kind of three years. Um, I mean, probably in the last five years, but really only in the last three years, the pricing has come down. Um, prior to meeting this gentleman, the first batch of t-shirts that I did before Christmas, the first t-shirts and hoodies, I printed with a company in, in Germany. And the machine that they print on costs a quarter of a million quid. It's pricey, very expensive machine. Um, so, this this uh, this type of print and direct garment, it's it's uh, like any technology. It can be used for good and bad, right? So, so you've probably seen a lot of so you've probably seen a lot of websites online that are they're doing a kind of a print on demand service where they're able to cust they're customizing products, customizing t-shirts and stuff like that, um, and then you know printing them one at a time and and selling what I consider to be low grade, not sustainable products, and that is not a good future you know finding a way where we can print even more t-shirts and hoodies currently i get into a few facts in a few minutes i prepared a few facts for dj uh, <laughs> but uh currently we we, we produce a hundred million sorry 100 billion garments in the world every year for about seven and a half billion people like so it's mental so we don't need to be producing more clothes we need to produce way way less clothes it's kind of like craft beer we need quality over quantity um, so anyway, there, there is, so direct garment potentially could be used for, um, you know, it could make things worse. However, the way I've kind of, the way I see it is, um, it's a, it's a much more environmentally print method as I see it, uh, for kind of one-off prints and certainly for what I'm doing, which is kind of direct to customer prints. Um, and yeah, so I guess in the, in the, yeah, in the longer term, I feel like this is, it's going to get proliferated. These machines will be kind of more widely available. Um, the gentleman who I was very fortunate enough, I, I spent probably a year, I, I spoke to every major printer in the country and 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 all of them said the same. They'd love to buy a direct garment machine, but they're too expensive and they don't see the market size as being big enough in Ireland to justify the cost at the minute. Um, so what I'm trying to do is I, I've... Uh, I've been in touch with a couple of other Shopify owners and um, people, Irish companies who are doing kind of this kind of printing on demand style. And so I've been in touch with a couple of them and I'm trying to put together a bit of a cooperative of Irish shops um, where we can kind of maybe buy a machine between us or persuade a printer to get a, to get one of these machines and that they could kind of fulfill all, all, our, all, our, all our orders and all our work. Um, so yeah, so direct arm printing is, is, is only really emerged in the last short while and that's really why i feel like i could do this now i couldn't have done this business even a year ago because i didn't want to get into the root of screen printing in, in, in order for me to have what i want to do which is you know about you know there's about 80 odd breweries in ireland even if i was to have half of them on my website the craft beers that come out 
the breweries are, are getting so fast now. They're bringing out a craft beer, you know, and and and, and a month later they're bringing out another one, or a couple months later. So it's a, it's a fast turnover. Maybe that batch comes and goes. I don't want to be stuck with a heap of t-shirts, um, and so I'm not pre-printing anything. As I say zero waste, and it means it means it's slower um, to get to my customer, but um, everybody everybody wins elsewhere. The last thing I'll say about direct camera printing is that really what's changed now is that the quality is so good. The quality is so good that it's it's as good as any other print type. And again, two years ago, even that wasn't the case. Um, so yeah, so so this direct garment thing, I, I'm I'm intending on harnessing it, I suppose. To uh, I, I've started it with with craft beer, um, and and obviously it's an industry I kind of somewhat know and love. Um, but in the longer term, I see it as a way where maybe I could do teas for a lot of other small scale local businesses who aren't in the business of selling merch. They don't want to be selling merch, but to have an outlet where something like what I'm doing with breweries, where basically I sell the T-shirt for them. We split the profit with them. So they're making a couple of quid on it. But of course, like the breweries, nobody's in it for the money. You know, it's about it's about branding. It's about getting the brand out there. And it's about people wearing their stuff. That's that's what they want. Um, and for me, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a good place in my life. I say I've done reasonably all right the last few years, and I I'm trying to set this up as a non-profit. I'm I'm uh, if I can cover my costs, I'm happy enough. Um, it's nice. It kind of goes back to that community thing again, isn't it? Like just giving back a little bit as well to 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 the to the lads, like you know, because. I suppose, as you said there, like it just does not like there's not much in it for them other than like just exposing their brand maybe a bit more. But I suppose it's you know giving you a boost, giving them a little bit of a boost. Like you know, it's it's just a it's just a nice it's a nice thing to just to to do in general. Like you know, and for then like the fans of the beers, um, yeah, it's it, it's quality. Um, Shane, can I just um ask ask you something? there in terms of you know you, you as you said like you guys when you had the off license you were fairly innovative in terms of like getting the craft beers and before even before there was irish craft beer you know you had you had your beers from belgium and and, and the states etc um and then obviously like you know economic factors meant that consumer habits reverted back to say like you know the, the, the cheap beer as you as you, uh, the, you know your dutch gold or heineken or whatever as, as you explained but do you see like, you know, in terms of, I think the entire world now recognizes the need for a more sustainable future. Do you think that like consumers need to change their expectations and their habits? And that like, are, do you think you guys like you and other people who are using um, who, who are using these new methods, you know, are, are, are ahead of the curve and that eventually consumers, like, like as I said, as I, as I, you know, I'm not too bothered waiting an extra week or so. Uh, do you think that like we, as a society as like you know carbon emissions go up and unsustainability goes up the, the the patience of consumers has massively gone down you know even you talk about internet speeds like like people might be listening to this and there might be a delay on mine because like the internet speed has been a bit sketchy when we started off with the with the call before we hit record and and, and like you know people get so impatient with stuff like internet speeds and and like if i go to buy a sweatshirt on your website and my phone is being slower than normal you know pe people get so angry so do you see it as something like you know almost this kind of like right we all just need to slow down and 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 be a bit more patient in general and that these kind of more sustainable, more environmentally friendly, um, more local, uh, more 
more beneficial to the local economy as well, I would argue. Uh, do, do you think that like consumer habits need to change? Or, uh, regress is probably the wrong word, but just 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 revert to a more sustainable and, and uh, method um, to, to be successful. And the other thing I was going to say is, uh, I was going to ask you about was, you know the way like or like urban outfitters is like this place that that seems to upcycle they no i think they do it the wrong way like they, they seem to upcycle all these old clothes that they find that are really high quality from like the 70s and 80s and sell them on for a massive profit you know the way like i have uncles who have jump my my father has a jumper that he wore to college that he still wears today and it's Legend. like it's a bit Legend faded and it's actually kind of cool like i, I yeah, you know, I'm just gutted that he's five foot eight and I'm six foot five that I can't can't wear it. But do you think do you think as well that like this kind of high quality you you buy a t-shirt and you, you wear that t-shirt for 10 years? Do you do you see that as the future as well? Well, I just nail on the head there, DJ, like on a lot of different points. Um but yeah, like that's that's it. I see the future as I, I think I think we need to wake up and I think we need to um I think we need to be a bit more cognizant of what we're doing here on this planet, uh, the short, brief existence that we have, and and we need to be able to stop and smell the roses. And and I really fear, I really feel like, in general, society has kind of gone a bit sideways in the last few years. We're all kind of chasing this thing. People are just not as, um, I suppose, just just as capable of of kind of taking things easy and kind of. I'm off on a side point. Let me go back. So I suppose consumer habits do need to change. Yes. Um, and that's exactly what this, that's what I see myself as doing. So I, I, my, my personal carbon footprint is utterly enormous, enormous. Some of the festivals and events that we've been involved in are just the, the carbon footprint we've generated is enormous. So for me, I feel like this is my kind of making up for things. And what I'm doing with this business <clears throat> is trying to teach people or show people, should I say, not teach people, uh, but just show people that there are other ways that you can do clothes and slow fashion is the way forward. You mm. mentioned about your uncle there and that jumper. That is the future. If we're if we're going to deal with with like 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 fast fashion, as you might call it, all these online stores and that it contributes more to climate change than all of global aviation and shipping and global shipping put together. It's enormous. You know, um, what goes into making a T-shirt is like, you know, three years worth of drinking water. It's just it's it's insane. Um, so we, we need to we need to focus on three things, care, rewear and repair. And that means when when items are bought, clothing items are bought and uh, we need to take care of them. And we need to take care of them for a long time. The only reason really that I'm willing to sell craft beer T-shirts is that I know that if somebody buys one of my craft beer T-shirts, they're going to love that. Mm. that they love the craft beer it's not just some random t-shirt mm. with some random thing on it they have an attachment to it um they have an attachment to the area you know where it comes from there's more of an emotional connection and i have t-shirts like your uncle's as well that i've had for a decade and i'll never throw them out no matter how many holes they get in them because i just love them um and that's and that's a crucial part of this i don't want to sell crap um and i don't want to contribute to the kind of the problem of the kind of very fast turnover of clothes um the second thing then is the rewear thing and that's and that's again it's the same thing it's you know if you if you love what you're wearing if you love the item you're gonna you're gonna rewear it um the last item on the list is repair and that's not something i've done anything about as of yet however it's something i would like to do um there's a there's a brand i very much admire called patagonia in the usa oh, yeah. patagonia 
Yeah, so Patagonia, you buy an item of clothes for them and it's kind of got a lifetime warranty. You know, it, it gets damaged, you can return it to them. It can, it can be, you know, so that's a quality item. And and it's like craft beer. We, we need to go towards quality rather than quantity. Um, and yeah, so so for me with the t-shirts, and, and a lot of people I know think this is mental, um, but I, I have, I'm, I, I'm not quite there yet, but in the next couple of months, I'm going to roll out um, a kind of a 10-year... Uh, so basically, if you buy a T-shirt from me, I will give you a little, a little, a little kind of, a little. Well, you get a little slip with your package, and that'll have a number on it that'll be tied to the artwork, connected to the artwork, that's printed on your T-shirt. And ten years from now, no matter what condition that T-shirt is in, if you return it to me, I'll give you a replacement at cost price. So basically, if you if you have a T-shirt and you keep it and use it for six months extra. And when you plan to turn it out, and this is an average, obviously, uh, you can save about about thirty percent of, of the kind of like the the kind of environmental impact of that T-shirt. So keeping T-shirts for a long time, keeping clothes for a long time, finding other ways to repurpose and reuse them. You know, turn it into a rag if that's what you got to do. And so what I'm what I'm gonna what I'm trying to do is, as I say, in ten years, the idea would be that I'm trying to sell clothes that are that people are going to keep for a long time, and that they know that in ten years' time they'll get a they'll get a replacement for it. Um, so yeah <laughs> I, I, I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing it's, it's definitely the way forward um, like this uh, need for people to have a piece of clothing on the same day of purchase is bonkers like what are you doing with it like like you're not like unless you're wearing it out that night which is like why are you buying it that that day anyway like you know it's it, it's insane there's a, there's no there's absolutely no need um, to do it and actually to bring in on that waste point as well i know um in uh newbridge up here um there's been uh, a few boutiques that have gone out of business over the pandemic and uh simply because right that they can't order uh like um they can't order specifically for a customer. So say, uh, you know, whatever. That this is this is this. I'm getting all this off Kira, by the way. She'd be <laughs> she'd be following all these Instagrammers, like. But uh, she was saying that um, basically a shop in Newbridge went out of, out of business. But she was saying one of the things was that um, that say like say she sold out of mediums or size eights or whatever of a dress, okay, and that she was saying that. They can't just order another size eight dress. All of these things come in packs for yeah. for mm. uh, for the business. So you have to, if you're ordering uh, like for, from a company, you have to order eight mediums, four large, four small, two extra small, two extra large in, in order, and that's that's your pack. That's what you get. So you can't you can't so like. It just makes way more sense that you're, it's just as you require fashion, it's, it just makes so much sense. Um, and another podcast I was listening to as well was uh, the David Mac Williams podcast. And they were talking about this a few months ago and they were saying about um, shops in Dublin and that wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, like, you know, you don't need that big, huge shop in the center of Dublin. You only need a small premises. And all you do is you hold one item of each size in the shop and you don't hold stock there. You just hold demo stuff. So you can go in and you can try on the clothes 
and then you go and you order they order it and then it's it's sent to you a week later there's no need to get it there and then like and i think that's another way that this this that that whole f- fast fashion could go ahead like yeah yeah um yeah it's i i just yeah that's no that's that that you said you you said something I, I was I was going to say as one of the uh, people in the world that has the most awkward body shapes I think like you hit a really key point there Owen in terms of size as well you know like if for, for, for me like the amount of times that I go like you know I, I like Neve here would 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 um would would tell you that like I have just just Neve would, Neve would tell you that I contribute way too much because I have too many t-shirts but the reason I have too many t-shirts is because like that, I'll buy a cra- I'll buy a couple of craft beer sweatshirts now or t-shirts off, off Shane and I, I have like I, I got a t-shirt in the post this week. It's an in, an indirect provision t-shirt. That's the one I the one ah, I want now. Like you know, and I'll but I'll I'll have this I'll have this for ten years and like this this was contributing to a fundraiser for for um legal fees against deportation of people who are fleeing persecution. Um, so like, you know, as I say, like you'll buy a t-shirt for that and you'll trust that, you know, the, the, the association are, are doing research into that. But then like, I like that, like I have um, like two, the two hoodies I wear probably the most I bought in New York in 2009, you know, and I haven't gotten rid of them yet. And, and, I, and I feel like, you know, they get more character in my mind, they get more character year and Neve slags me off like she's like how long do you have these like you, they need to be thrown out but in my head like if I throw them out what am I going to wear when I'm walking about with a few calves in the farm or something like you know and um, it, it's, it's, it's it's definitely a it, it, it's, it's definitely a factor and um, I think now we're, we, we might take a quick um, a quick ad break because I definitely need to empty my bladder and fill up my glass and um, same so we'll, we'll take a quick we'll take a quick break and and uh, hof- hopefully the ad break is not for Debenhams um, <laughs> yeah. please, please don't listen guys. to that for five mark or pennies <laughs> yeah. yeah like this would be fucking Abercrombie and Fitch or something now uh, but, but we'll, take, we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the podcast in a, in, in a second after we fill up the even on a budget Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And uh, welcome back, everyone. The, the the glasses are full, the bladders are empty, and uh, we we actually when we came back after after a little break there, we um we we're down quite the rabbit hole of, of chat here. The 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 chat is really flowing. So um, so we said, fuck it. If if we kept going the way we were going, we were never going to uh, we were never going to record a second half of this podcast because the the conversation was flowing too well. So uh, we're back now, and uh, guys, actually, we're we're talking about sustainability. We're talking about long term um the visions for the world and society etc and I, I i think like you know to bring it back to the, the podcast and, and to bring it back to you know if we're sitting in a pub and and we're sitting on a high stool chatting to we're sitting on a high stool drinking some baliki cavern beer and and we're debating this with say three three owl lads in the corner drinking macro breweries uh what like what 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 would we say would be the future of craft beer in ireland independent craft beer and and, and where you know, how does independent craft beer in Ireland move from the two somewhere between two point three and two point eight percent market share it has at the moment to to say the 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 ten to twelve percent market share that that craft beer has in the States? Like how do we how do we as as um people who like to promote and support independent craft beer in Ireland drive that movement along with the brewers to getting them to have that kind of uh market share in in, in Ireland that's uh yeah i'll go i'll go um so i suppose for me i think it's kind of harps back to what shane was saying earlier on there about uh his venture into the off-license industry and uh what he was doing at the time and you know it's it's getting those lads who are coming in getting six cans of dutch gold or tuberg or whatever and it's you know uh offering the you know lads would you not try this now and you know, maybe get have one of these long meadow IPAs, you know, it's a nice bridge and beer that you might get a bit more taste out of now. Like, you know, the only thing, the only thing I'd say about it though, is that it, it is hard financially in the craft beer scene, isn't it? Like, as in, like, it's all well and good for us to go, go and say, oh, sure, you know, these beers taste nicer, but they also cost more as well. Like, you know, and we've had lads on the podcast before who've been, students in wit and ucc and whatever and like they can't afford to go and get like six craft beers you know so i don't know like what has been great i think is um has been the take up of the likes of um lidl and stuff um and they've done their little um uh, I don't know whatever whatever it is like some partnership anyway with um, I know Bally Kilcavan are in it this month with their Bin Bon Pale Ale and I think their Red Ale as well are are in Lidl this month and I think they, they offer them at like a slightly lower price as well so maybe it's something like that but anyway again bringing it back I think it is down to the off licenses and stuff like that to kind of 
I know they can't do offers anymore, but maybe just to promote them a little bit more and to have like your, you know, beer of the week and stuff like that. And then the second thing that I think has been for me, I think, which has been a massive thing is that having craft beer pubs um, has been an amazing thing as well, where like people like have gone to places like these craft beer pubs are always, always trendy looking spots. Like they're always a really, really cool looking spot and it attracts people there. So like we always give the example of Yellow Belly's tap room in Waterford of Grady's Yard. And like it's it's quality, like doing like food, like, you know, having um, uh, having a, like a uh, what's it called? A pop up pop up restauranty place on site as well. Like everyone loves that shit, like, you know, so, you know, do that and then have it in your place that you offer tasters and stuff of beers, you know, don't be afraid to have the little small glasses and tasters and get people tasting the beers. Cause I think that's the only way that you get people to swap over. Cause it's way too easy to go in and brand recognize things and go, there's a Heineken, there's a Guinness, there's a whatever. And you just reorder because it's just buried into your head from matches and whatever other advertising that they have. So like, it's, you know, it is that thing of you go in and you order a Heineken in Grady's yard or whatever, and they go, oh, yeah, you know, we can, you can get your pint of Heineken, but, you know, do you want to try a Citra Pale Ale or whatever? And they give you a little glass of that. And yes, you might still get your Heineken there, but you might you might get your Citra the next round or whatever, you know? So that, that's, that's me is the one of the ways that I see that it'll they'll eat into that market a little, you know, um, because... Um, it's just it, it's just very very hard like the the advertising money that these big macro places have uh, mm-hmm. is so hard to compete with so I think it kind of boils, boils down again to what Shane is saying about that community spirit and that everyone kind of needs to get in on that kind of community effort of promoting beers and promoting everything amongst themselves and like you know offering these little little you know offerings of beers and little tasters and stuff like that in order in order to get people used to the beers you know shame what about you what do you think yeah, yeah i yeah. i think there's there's just some great points made there Owen. thanks yeah i think you're spot on on on, on several points there <clears throat> um I, I guess for me from the off license perspective like you mentioned about tasting T- tasting is a huge part of it you know, you, 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 so I, I've seen it so many times. Somebody picks up a craft beer. You, you know, they're 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 a they're a mass-produced beer drinker. Always, always drank the same beer. Thirty years, never drank anything different. You put you put a you put a craft beer in their hand. You know, a small glass, and gave them a taste, and they instantly know this is this is like steak versus McDonald's. You know, it's it's it, they can taste the quality. They know it's better, and 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 so. It, it's just about getting them past that line, getting them to then maybe, you know, if you can get them to take one home and, and, and it happens very quickly. It really does. Like, like it can happen within maybe 10, 12 beers where they break that attachment they have to that, or to that, you know, drink that they, they always drunk. And once you kind of, once you slip into that, there's, it's hard to go back because you want to try you know, oh, there's another. I I I found a pale ale that I like, so I want to try another pale ale. I, I spot another one. There's another one. You know, and and it just it it kind of snowballs from there, and and suddenly you're you're realizing that you're not drinking to get drunk anymore. You're drinking because you love the taste of it, and yeah. you, and you know, and that's and that's um, 
I, I also think as well in terms of market share growth to get to the kind of size market share that they have in the States, I, I, I honestly, hand on heart, believe it's only a matter of time in Ireland and elsewhere. And and that's just because, again, it's it's like I look at, you know, the people who are coming up who are younger to me. And again, they're the focus on what they're about. And 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 again, it's it's the same in terms of food, in terms of in terms of clothes, in terms of so many things where they have that kind of value towards locally produced, well-made stuff. Um, and so I, I can't see any other way except that it just it comes back. Actually, I'll tell you a story there about um, a stag I was at uh, back in um, March or last year, where just before the pandemic, just to just be clear on that, it wasn't, didn't, <laughs> re- didn't break any guidelines. Uh, but uh, so I was or, I was organising the stag for, for this chap. So, um, you know, had a bit of money in the kitty from everyone uh, bringing in. So I said I'd do my due diligence and I'd go and get uh, a, a big load of beer for the house that we were, you know, that we were going. Like, you know, I'd, 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 I'd uh, get like boxes. So I, bought, I, got, I got like box of Heineken, a box of Bud, box of, uh, I don't know, um, Corona or something like that. Like got a few kind of like mix and matchy, cheapy beers like for everyone. And I tell you, there was maybe four or five lads who came, saw what I bought and went off to the off license and bought a big load of craft beers for themselves instead, you know? So, (laughs) you know, and these are lads now that like wouldn't turn their nose up to it now beforehand, like, you know, but like, you know, I think it's a bit indicative of like, no, actually we want to enjoy our weekend with like beer that we want to fully taste and stuff. And yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty, it was, you know, it was really good. I thought to see, to see that, like, you know, um, it's you're, you're spot on there it's 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 very like group based so within within my kind of group of friends like the, so I'm from Offaly originally and I've got a group of friends from Offaly and, and I could see it happen it's like a virus spreading over time you know it started off with, obviously I was kind of quite into it and everyone was into it and then a couple of the others kind of got into it and now like there's none of us would even consider you know of course we'd have a pint of Heineken if we go to a match and, and, and enjoy it but as I say given the option we'll choose something else um, you know what, there's something important to say on that as well. Um, you mentioned about the US and again, the market share. So I think it's possibly something I heard from you guys from an, one of the earlier podcasts. Is, it, is there a statistic that in America, you're only, you're only, every person is something like within 10 miles of a brewery or 10 kilometers do you remember something like that? I, I could have been us now. But... <laughs> I, look, I, I, look, I looked that up later. Yeah, that, sounds, that sounds like something more than today. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, I'm slightly yeah. off on that, but yeah. it's really not far off that. What I'm saying, and really the point is that there are breweries spread very well all across America. So in Ireland, as I say, really only in the last five years, we started to see the kind of the, the dawn of breweries all over the place. Like you look at Ballycocavan, obviously we've mentioned a lot this evening. You know, it's it's that's a brand that leash people will get behind. Now, I'm from Eaton Derry yeah. in Offaly. We don't have a brewery local to Eaton Derry, but you can tell you that the second we do have a brewery close to Eaton Derry, People in Eden Dairy and around the area will be drinking it. So I think over time, we're going to see more and more breweries emerge in Ireland. And I think more and more community-based breweries who are, who are, are you know, making nano batches or micro batches and are just selling into the local community. And yeah, I mean, that's we talk about the future, to go back to what DJ mentioned. I see the future of craft beer as exactly that, where we're going on a stag to Sligo or wherever we're going. And it's not about, I'm not going to see Ballycocavan necessarily in the fridge. I'm going to see local Sligo brews. Mm. And when, and when, and and I think that certain places will develop a reputation for being good 
for ale and good for, you know, this and that. And I think that we will kind of travel to those spots with that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's nearly like the way I say to bring it back to the, the macro end of things, like the way, um, you know, they say that like Guinness in, you know, Ireland and England is, you know, much better than those that are, you know, elsewhere, you know, and it is, it is that kind of regionalized thing where, you know, even if it's, even if it's not true, like you'd still believe it, you know, you'd still go, oh Jesus, that's going to be great now down here. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's the same, like when you go to Amsterdam and you go to the Heineken factory and you go, oh, I've never had a Heineken like this before. So fresh, so whatever, like, <laughs> even though it was probably brewed over in Africa or somewhere, shit back <laughs> over, you know? So like, yeah, I think you're dead right. Like, yeah, it's, um, it, it could definitely be that way where, it's- you know, you're, 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 you you think oh I can't wait now for the Sligo Porter or whatever you know or uh, mm. or Kerry Ale or something and, and there's something. maybe a few breweries there and they're all making good porters and, and, exactly, they're, and they're feeding yeah. off each other and you know and the brewer there knows the brewer there and sure they're mates you know what I mean they're competitors but they're, we're friendly competitors in this industry and yeah um and and as I say rising tide lifts all boats and yeah there's also there you know there is there is some government supports for people trying to set up breweries in Ireland and I would like to see much more of that um, in fact I, in fact to that end I would like to see an agency in Ireland that was focused on indigenous businesses we've got enterprise Ireland here who are phenomenal for startups who plant export we've got IDA Ireland who are phenomenal for bringing foreign direct investment in but we don't have an indigenous an agency that specialises in indigenous businesses that are just producing for local market that don't, they don't care about you. They don't care about indeed, you. Indeed, indeed, no. that's that's concern. You know, there's an argument about state aid and the EU and that no. that their hands are a little bit tied, but I don't believe that. No, um, if you're not exporting, you're not doing anything in their eyes. Indeed, they don't care. Your 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 no. your, your contribution but, to um, even, GDP is negligible. Sorry, DJ, go on. But the, but that's 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 a different that's a different type of economics altogether. That's that's circular economics where like you know the the, the money doesn't leave the local area and and, and that economics has been shown to be actually like far more beneficial to, to small businesses. Um, and and I think you're dead right, Shane. I, I would love to see that approach. And and it brings you back to actually the Irish bear snob Wayne and Jan who who've, who've been on our podcast had a brilliant interview with Barry from Kildare Brewing Company. Um, actually, towards the start of the last pandemic, I think it was, because I think Wayne and Jan took a break from recording there for a couple of months. And um, it was it was at some stage during the first lockdown, I believe, and they were talking about um, lockdown IPA, uh, the first iteration of it, Owen, that, that, that you got a couple of, couple of cases of for, for myself and yourself. And uh, a, a, a really good beer and the second one is actually I, I think even better again um, yeah. but they, they spoke to Barry about you know because we we said like we we kind of randomly came across Kildare Brewing through the lockdown and not going to the pub so we were looking to buy cans and we just came across them on social media and, and, and bought, them, bought them that way and Barry made a point in that uh, interview that like absolutely hit me like a brick wall and made me sit back and think, Jesus, like this is like, this is the solution to like, if this was adopted globally, it's, it's a solution to climate change that we've spoken about. It's a solution to the biodiversity crisis. It's the solution to so many like uh, issues around lo- like poverty and, and stuff like that, mm. where Barry mm. said like, I have no interest in uh, producing beer that's going to Donegal or going to Kerry. He was like, I'm in Kildare I want to produce high quality stuff and serve the people of Kildare with that beer and if I can do that and earn a nice little living for myself and have my business be viable then that's enough 
And I think that kind of attitude is just like purely something that I could 100% get behind. And and I think about, about that kind of attitude. And I, I, I like when I listen to, to Shane talk about craft beer teas as a concept of a business and, and what you're trying to achieve, Shane, and I compare that, compare that to say like, you know, Devlin's workers have been on strike for fucking, you know, 300 days at this stage. And I, I can't help but feel like um, what we're talking about in terms of Kildare Brewing Company versus Heineken or Diageo or, or Muds and Coors, there's a fierce, uh, there's a mirror image in that debate versus, you know, craft beer teas or, or a, um, a sustainable, uh, eco-conscious clothing brand versus, you know, your, your Primarchs, your, you know, any, any of the, the, the fast fashion um, uh, people that you, you mentioned earlier on in the podcast. Uh, I suppose, do you think there's like, um, there's a parallel there and, 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 and you know, what, what are your musings on, on, you know, how, how the, like, you know, how, how did the Debenhams deal went down and uh, coming from someone who's breaking into the fashion industry, albeit in a, a very niche mode? <laughs> Um, well, I'll tell you something, DJ, you're absolutely on the ball there. Um, like this, the, the similarities are striking between this industry and, and fashion, between the craft beer industry and fashion and, and actually many other industries. But just on the fashion end of things, um, I mean, there's a great story, not a great story, it's an awful story that's that's kind of in the news there at the minute that really kind of highlights all this. So as you may be aware, um, Topshop, Zara, H&M, all, all those guys, they, they're all gone, they're, they're, they're hot in trouble in Ireland. Their brick and mortar stores are all gone under. Uh, there's about 1,600 staff are going to get laid off and it looks like ASOS are going to bite them up at the minute, the online giant. Um, now, those companies were in trouble prior to COVID um, and, you know, brick and mortar stores in general are the online competitors are just, they're so, you know, their costs, costs are so low, they're, they're just, so the, the market is moving that way. However, I read a fascinating, uh, there's an RT News article on it only a couple of days ago and near the end of the article, it says that when the pandemic happened, all of the online sales that these stores got in Ireland, so your, your top shop in Ireland, Zara and Ireland, H&M.ie, all of those sales went to the UK parent group. So the, so, the, so, the, so the items were shipped from the UK and the Irish outlets or the Irish side of it never saw a cent of it. And yes. here we are. So the, the Irish company never, so, you know, like that says to me, we've got 1600 people, retail staff who are now laid off because we, as a nation, we, you know, spent our money in, in those stores who effectively are owned by foreign multinationals who have no investment in Ireland, who have no investment in the people in Ireland, who have no investment in keeping jobs here. Um, and yeah, so like, I guess, you know, when you, when you look at, when you look at that scenario, like that's, that's not good. There are several ethical, sustainable brands emerging in Ireland. And in the long term, if we can keep supporting those brands, we keep our jobs here and we don't have that risk that one day the environment changes for whatever reason, a pandemic emerges and suddenly, boom, you know, all of those jobs are taken out from underneath us. Like to build a resilient economy, you need long term jobs that can't be taken, you know, quickly, it can't be moved quickly. Um, and so, yeah, so, so when I see it, like when we say shop local, I, I really believe in that. You know, don't go to ASOS. Don't sorry. Don't go to Zara. Don't go to Topshop. Go to, you know, Jill and Jackie's boutique store down the road. Mm. You know, yes, it costs a little more, but you pay for what you get. 
And I don't mean just the quality of the item. I mean, that money comes back into your community. It, you know, you, you don't necessarily directly see it, but you indirectly see it. And, and so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, fashion, fast fashion and the way things have been, it's, uh, yes, yeah, it's a great parallel. It really is a great it's parallel a, to craft cool. beer and, and quality and, and Irishness and shop local and investing in, in our own people. And, and, and by the way, I, I don't come at the, the kind of shop local thing from like a particularly Irish perspective. I, I believe the same should be, the same system should be viable all around the world. Um, you know, and we, and we in Ireland, I, I think we have, you know, we're one of the richest nations in the world. Thanks to free, you know, education, free education in the 80s, we're, we're generally speaking, most people in Ireland are fairly on the ball. We have a reasonably good idea of the world relative to other nations, I feel. And I, and I kind of see it as our responsibility to create an example, to lead by example, you know, to, to create an economy here that is more, that is based on, on the kind of shop local principles. And, and, that, though, and that that idea can be taken up anywhere, anywhere else. Um, for the betterment of those people. You know, we've massive problems with wealth inequality. We've massive problems with immigration and emigration all over the world. And to me, the solution there is not more of the same and debating whether we're going to let people come to our, come to Europe or not, for example. We need to help these nations build up their own local indigenous economies, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and we have all the tools here to do it. So let's do it. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that approach. It'd be it'd be so nice. Um, and like you know, even I know there was like a like there's a girl probably my age uh, in uh, the girls' secondary school who's like opened up a boutique in Waterford, and like you know, just the quality of the stuff that's in there, like this the cool outfit, everything, and like, you know, other little bits that she's like brought like, you know, like she has her shop where she's selling her own clothes, but is also selling uh because she is the say the 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 brick and mortar store. So is also selling soaps from another producer, is selling like um Legend from another producer selling, you know, all these little bits and stuff. Um, mm. And it's such a lovely approach. And like, you know, that the, the, the stuff like that, she like, you know, ha, ha made like iron sweaters and stuff like that. Like the quality, like, you know, you're talking about stuff that's going to last a test of time. Like, like mm. there's iron sweaters out there that we've seen, like that will definitely last like hail, sleet, snow, everything. Like, you know, it's, it's, I think it's an amazing thing. And yeah, you're dead right. It's it's. I, I think though it's going to be tough though, isn't it? Like as in trying to combat a six euro t shirt or whatever, um, and it change, very, very change, difficult. changing people's yeah. mentality is going yeah, to be perception. so so tough. Um, yeah. but but it, it is that um, it's that concept. But it's the same as craft beer. Yeah, it's the same. It's just, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Go on, DJ. But but that that. That was one of the points I was going to make there in terms of like, you know, do we need to do, do like is consumer education like like to bring it back to consumer education? Like, do you turn around to someone and say, right, you can buy like, as you say, on a six year T-shirt from Next or Zara or wherever uh, now, but you'll have to buy another one in three months time. So you have to buy four a year. So you're spending 24 quid a year on that on four T-shirts. And over 10 years, you're spending 240 quid just on that one T-shirt. Or could you buy a 25 euro t-shirt of Shane? I can't remember how much your t-shirts are, Shane. I bought them one night after a couple of cans. Um, <laughs> say, for example, could you buy a 25? They're gone up, actually, could you, could, you, could you buy a 25 euro t-shirt 
off chain. You buy two of those for 50 quid and they do you for 10 years. And then over the, over the course of the 10 years, you've actually spent a fraction of what you would have continuously buying six year t-shirts and you have reduced your carbon footprint by a massive amount. And as yeah. well, you have a t-shirt with a bit of fucking character as opposed to, <laughs> you know, some yoke that, that, that has been produced on the, on the high street. And, and I think like it, like that, that buy local shop local thing that Shane, you've, you've reiterated throughout this podcast. And it's something that we've tried to reiterate throughout our years doing this podcast is that, you know, if you buy local, you're supporting a local job. Uh, if you buy on ASOS, you're supporting uh, some some crowd in the UK or some crowd in Russia or wherever it is. You know, whereas Equifax. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, if, if you take Ballyclavin again, for example, and their Clancy's Cans series, if you buy Ballyclavin beer, you're supporting the Clancy family because they're employed yeah, by yeah, yeah. the Ballyclavin farm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and it's like they've dedicated a whole series to the Clancy family who've been like integral workers on their farm for, for, for generations. So like I, I, by I buying Ballyfee Cavan, you're direct. Sorry, DJ, to cut across you. I have to say, you're, you're just, you're absolutely, utterly spot on there with, with Ballycocavan in particular, um, uh, with, from a lot of different perspectives. Did you see that tweet that I think Portage Pub Club put up a couple of days ago? You know, brew, uh, uh, grown in a field in Leash, Brewed in a brewery in Leash, sold in a little in Leash, put in a, a fridge in Leash, and drunk by a Leash person. Yeah. You know, and that's that that is that is that is it, and that's what it's all about. Um, just just uh, in terms of, just in terms of a few years statistics, since it's since it seemed somewhat appropriate um, to what we're talking about now, and and your friend Owen in in uh, that girl in Waterford maybe, um, and I wish her the best of luck. Um, so, so you mentioned about iron sweaters there. So we do make iron sweaters here, but really it's, it's small scale production. We don't have any manufacturing facility in Ireland anymore. Um, Fruited Loom used to manufacture clothes here, but they packed up in 2004, maybe. They had a plant yeah. in Bunkrana, in Derry. Donegal, uh, yeah. In Donegal and, and, and another plant in Derry. Um, and that to me is very sad. And, and actually... That's one. That's very much one of my long-term goals. I'd, re, I'd really like to be able to manufacture clothes in Ireland again. Um, up until the 1960s, 90% of U.S. clothes were produced domestically. Nowadays, that is 3%. Wow. And indeed, and we don't we don't even have a loom in Ireland. We we don't we don't do it at all. Um, so I feel like that's. I mean that that is that is the future. Is is kind of manufacturing and uh, you know producing clothes here. Um, we're as it is right now, we would still have to import the kind of organic cotton and the kind of materials. However, there are new, innovative, again, materials coming through. Um, I actually have a T-shirt that I love, but I can't sell for craft beer uh, tees. It's it's actually made from renewable wood, 100% renewable wood. Wow. But, yeah, it's amazing. It's a California company. They're legendary. But the T-shirt is just a bit too light for us, Ferland. So I, it's not there yet. I, I've been onto them and see if they can do a heavy duty <laughs> for us. But what I'm saying is that the future is bright in terms of the materials that could be involved. Um, you know, we're, we're getting better and better at recycling polyester. Um, the, the, uh, the hoodies that I sell have 15% recycled plastic bottles in them. Um, and that's, that's recycled polyester. So we're getting better and better at these things. There's a there's a place in 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 the EU, a place in Italy called Prato, maybe Prago Prato, yeah. um, extraordinary place. So basically, thirty years ago, this was the dump of Italy, and over time, the people who lived there 
just started to get better and better at recycling the materials that were dumped there and making them into new clothes. And now they've got what I can, what's really the world's first fully, you know, um, recyclable clothes kind of, you know, spot. Um, and so that's a technology that we need to roll out elsewhere and, um, yeah, including Ireland. So, wow. Uh, that's incredible. Like, that, like, fair play to you, Shane. Like, that's such a, that's such a good approach. Like, such a, Oh, such a I think that nearly the episode title of this is like this kind of community and like just approach to everything like it's it's so it's it's so nice like and um like it's definitely the way forward like like what is all this waste in the world like again harping back to like the online ordering shops of ASOS or whatever like it's there's some mad statistic and I'm just going to pull a number out of my hole here but it's something like two thirds or 80% or something like that of, um, you know, say if you order um, a, a t-shirt or a top or whatever from ASOS and uh, it comes to your house and uh, you get it um, and you re- you decide, oh no, it's not the right size. It's not, doesn't suit me or whatever. And you return it like something like 80% of those clothes are binned. Like it's a, it's a mad, it's a mad figure anyway. It's definitely over half. Like, there's a garbage truck of clothes burned every second on planet Earth. Every second, yeah. one yeah. garbage truck of clothes gets burned. Yeah. Not even landfill, burned. Um, yeah. It's been a, it's mental. In in the West as well, I mean, 10 to 30% of recycle of, 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 of tees, um, of recycled T-shirts. So if you, you bring your T-shirt down and you put it into the recycling, you know, the kind of the clothes center, clothes yeah. box, uh, whatever it is, 10 to 30% of those will actually get resold at charity shops the rest of them all get sent back to the developing world where effectively we're destroying their indigenous local markets with oversupply. So, so how it works is, and actually it's a real problem in pandemic times because all of these local markets in North Africa and elsewhere, people aren't going to and people aren't buying clothes anymore, buying, buying second-hand clothes, they're not going to markets. So what's happened is a massive buildup in the West. So in fact, all of those recycled clothes containers right now they aren't being shipped anywhere. They're basically being kept in Ireland um, and elsewhere in the world. Um, and in fact, the Chinese were taken up until maybe last year sometime. They were taking all of the excess. They were taking an awful lot of the world's waste, as you know. Um, they turned around and they, they basically they, they decided no. So about a year ago, they said no, they weren't going to take any more of that waste. Um, so I think it's 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 going to be, we, we in the EU, are we, we're going we're gonna to have to deal with this problem ourselves mm. We can't just keep shipping it elsewhere. No. It's coming back to us now. And so there's even more incentive and hopefully there'll be maybe government funding and just, and whatever about funding, but just cultural. Yeah, just mentality, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, mentality, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, about, you know, um, come here, you, you, we, we, Ballycoe Gavin's come up a, a good few times this evening um, and I'm drinking actually a, a pint of uh, <clears throat> um, the, the, the Clancy Cans number three. Oh, Tiramisu, uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's a big favourite, I have to say. Um, I, uh, I like the Walnut Whip Stout as well, but a big fan of the Tiramisu Stout. And I was thinking, I was thinking, DJ, um, and Owen, of course, um, what about what about if I what about if I give a T-shirt, give out a, we give out a T-shirt with with uh, Clancy Cans number three printed on it to one of your one of your listeners, 
Uh, but I was thinking maybe if so, if they if we, we won't maybe mention it on social media, but maybe if, if anybody's listening, if people are listening and they subtly uh, comment with that, maybe hashtag shop local or something. And, and maybe in a week's time, I'll see who's there and I'll, I'll uh, or, or, or promote it yourself if you like, I don't mind. No, um, that's a brilliant, that's a way better idea. I love that idea. I love that idea. Only the listeners, only <laughs> those who are clued yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the real fans. So any, anybody, anybody who replies, anybody, anybody who replies to this podcast being put out on Twitter, when we put, tweet the link out on Twitter and we, anybody who replies with hashtag shop local is in with a chance of winning a, uh, a Bally Kikavan t-shirt from Craft Beer Tees. I think, Shane, do you know what I think that is? That's the perfect way to end the podcast so we can get on with <laughs> drinking beer and having, having <laughs> cracked that we can, we can see it. Um, that, that's a brilliant offer. Thank you so much. Um, I really can't wait to get my, my few bits off Yeah, I'm more, I'm more than happy to wait for them because I'm fully supportive of the, of the sustainable uh, way that they're being produced this for me like people like anybody that follows me on social media or, or that listens to the, this podcast long long term knows that i am an absolute eco-socialist so like for <laughs> me this, this has been one of the most fascinating and insightful conversations i've had in a long time and to be able to do it over a couple of bally cavern beers shout out actually to trouble brewing i had uh, when i finished the long meadow ipa i went on to the trouble brewing vietnam which is 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 phenomenal and um, shout out to trouble brewing it's it's been a blast shane thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh owen Thanks for picking up the slack when my internet's kind of falling off a bit. And um, I want to say, uh, you know that we're on the Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash Snowcast. We're Snowcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you want to follow us on there, engage with us. Tweet hashtag shop local to this podcast episode to be in a chance to win a very sustainable, long-lasting uh, T-shirt that you won't regret. And uh, Shane, any parting words for the listeners of this episode? Uh, well, firstly, thanks very much for having me on. You're a pair of legends. Um, and it's just great to have a chat, good bit of chat with like-minded people. Uh, for the listeners, I would say, um, hopefully they've been obviously listening. They, they uh, you know, there's a lot of this has been about community and, you know, we're kind of somewhat in this together. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're a growing industry. And what I would say is to the listener is the power is in your hands. Um, and what I mean by that is find subtle ways to uh, tell people <laughs> about craft beer about craft beers you love slip it into conversation uh, put it up on social media tweet something you're drinking whatever it is um, and just that's how we how we grow that market share to you know the kind of US and, and, and beyond a world a future world with no mass produced muck just quality that's that's what Brilliant. I dream of and, and us three um, all of your other guests you've had on and your listeners that's the people to get us there so let's do it <laughs> Okay, there's, there's part I, I just want to say, like, yeah, Shane, I tell you, before we stop recording, I'm looking forward to, to, to the other side of the pandemic when we get to have this have these conversations on a high stool over an actual point. <laughs> and that's, 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 too, that's been this too. week's podcast. It's, 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 been an absolute, it's been an absolute blast. And uh, we're, we're going to have a couple of cans now and, and get, get a deeper dive into these conversations. It's uh, you be clear. Good luck.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 